We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. What's up, guys? Ben Gretsch here, Editor-in-Chief at Fantasy Insiders and on Twitter at Yards Per Gretsch. And this week's Stealing Signals is in video form. I'm going to give you the keynote for each of 32 teams, talk about what's signal and what's noise, and I'm going to try and average less than 30 seconds per team. I know you got places to be. Let's get to it. The Arizona Cardinals, Chase Edmonds, goal line vulture. That's noise. Three inside the 10 attempts this week for two scores. He had just one other inside attempt carry the rest of the season thus far david johnson has 13 he's converted six of those for scores he's been fine in that area i call this a one-week blip atlanta falcons 131 total yards against baltimore second lowest total uh in the entire season was way back in week one this was their lowest total against baltimore in week one they had 199 total yards they are what they are we know what they are they're not enough tempo offense top 10 yards per play and total yards still this is a noise out output the signal here is that Julio Jones led the NFL in air yards despite the dud. They did try to get him the ball. Baltimore Ravens in three stars. Lamar Jackson's averaging 18 rushes and 88.3 rush yards per game. There's only two running backs, Todd Gurley and Ezekiel Elliott, that are averaging more of either stat. Jackson averaged over 100 rushing yards per game in college. By comparison, Michael Vick averaged 59. This is not something that I think is particularly noisy. Probably the extent of it is a little bit, but the signal here is you can't play any of the pass catchers. Even Mark Andrews, who's interesting and is averaging 28 yards per catch over the last few games with Jackson under center. Bills. I jokingly called Josh Allen a strong arm Tim Tebow last week, and he's kind of like Lamar Jackson right now. There's only six guys in NFL or six other guys other than what Allen's doing right now in NFL history who have 
completed at least 100 passes and have rush have at least half as many rush attempts as pass attempts. And Tim Tebow, in his 100 completion season, basically had one rush attempt for every pass attempt. It was almost an exactly 50-50 thing. Allen's not quite there. And he did get uh, his two t- touchdown passing game, did push his passing TDs up over his rushing TDs. That differential now sets at five passing to four rushing. But he's posting a 53% completion percentage, five to seven TD to interception ratio. Uh, I don't think he's a Michael Vick or a Randall Cunningham or Terrell Pryor or Cordell Stewart, uh, some of the other guys on that name. Um, but the signal here is that he's actually kind of a pretty legit runner. He's averaging more yards per attempt rushing than passing, though. Not a guy I want to trust even with those big plays the last couple of weeks. Panthers, without both, uh, excuse me, with both Devin Funches and Torrey Smith active, DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel, they led the wide receivers in snaps. Funches was expected to be limited. But the signal is I think we can expect that Torrey Smith's kind of fallen all the way down to fifth, even behind Jarius Wright, whose role is pretty, uh, pretty static. Um, Samuel, 11 targets, 160 air yards. More, eight targets, 120, uh, 129 air yards. Expect those two guys to continue to be involved the rest of the way. For the Bears, it's all about Tariq Cohen, right? 14 targets, 156 receiving yards, threw a touchdown. Jordan Howard's big accomplishment was rushing for over four yards per carry for just the third game all year. Definitely noise on Cohen's line, given he racked up 10 targets in the fourth quarter in overtime. But the signal is a broader point about how dynamic pass catching backs are and how they can have these explosive receiving lines in the right scripts. The Bengals, A.J. Green went down again. Dalton's out. This offense is a dumpster. And probably the most notable signal was that Geo had eight targets to Mixon's two. He ran more routes than Mixon, which he'd only done in one other game, week two, which Mixon left early. Uh, this was also Mixon's lowest snap share of the year since that week two game that he left early. Uh, wouldn't be the first time a team going nowhere limited their star running back. So got to be a little bit concerned about Joe Mixon. Jarvis Landry for the Browns. Finally had an efficient day. Snap rate climbed back over the 80%, but the signal is what I've been harping in a lot of the recent columns. Nine different Browns were targeted multiple times in what was a high-volume passing game. For the Cowboys, the signal. We often try to assign new players into old roles, and often it doesn't really fit. It's at least a little bit of a change. But Amari as Des Bryant and now Michael Gallup as Terrence Williams makes a lot of sense to me. Gallup had 60% of the air yards in Week 13. He's more than doubled Cooper's air yards over the last three games. Um, despite seeing fewer targets, four fewer targets. And that's not really a knock on Cooper, who's had a really strong opportunity overall, uh, or volume overall, and strong efficiency since coming to Dallas. Uh, But it's an indication that Gallup does have some boom potential. Denver Broncos, only 12 completions this week. Run-heavy game plan, that's what we've been seeing from them. Cortland Sutton did see 72% of the team's air yards at an NFL high last week. Uh, the hype was there when, when Demarius Thomas got traded, then Hireman also going down. Now there's even more work opened up. Sutton has a chance to be at least useful going forward. But this team probably will continue to be running. A big uh, a big note that's been floating around fantasy football Twitter is Phil Lindsay's yards before contact stats. And we've dis- but we've been discussing this playoff rush schedule for weeks now. There's no reason to think San Francisco, Cleveland, or Oakland can slow down the rushing success. Um, Lindsay did give back quite a few snaps to Royce Freeman this week relative to their recent snap shares. But he's still got 19 carries. He's still very productive. His workload's not in jeopardy. The Lions, Bruce Ellington, seven receptions, 35 receiving yards, a 3.3 A dot. His third straight week with at least seven targets and an A dot below four. That tells you all you need to know about his high reception, limited yardage profile. And Levine Toilolo's involvement also tells you all you need to know about his role being secure. They have no one else to catch the ball. Packers, Aaron Jones, lowest snap rate since week five. Jamal Williams, highest snap rate since week two in a close loss. Can't explain that. Uh, but I will say it's noise. The coach is fired, right? We should expect that they get back to using Aaron Jones. Houston Texans, the signal, they had a pretty 
normal game for what you might expect for them. But the signal for me was that Demarius Thomas, or continues to be the Demarius Thomas, even though he has a two TD game with the Texans, he's averaging 33 yards per game since coming over there. And the big one this week, even with Kiki Cutie out, uh, DeAndre Carter kind of playing the Kiki Cutie role out-targeted Demarius Thomas. Colt signal, Eric Ebron, 16 targets, right? And then also Naheem Hines is the clear was the clear passing down back in week 13, nine targets. Uh, because they threw 52 times, he had a huge snap advantage over Marlon Mack. So keep an eye on that. Jaguars, they won 6-0. to zero. Uh, Cody Kessler had a 4.9 average depth of target. TJ Yeldon was targeted on a full third of their attempts. They definitely lean heavily on Fournette, and he'll be back this week. I don't really know who, ne- who necessarily will be the lead receiving back, but we can expect plenty of checkdowns from Cody Kessler. The Chiefs, the signal here, Spencer Ware, 69% snap share. The other running backs are going to be involved, but it looks like Ware's the definite lead. Damian Williams did out-target him 2-1. to one. That's a minor concern for Ware, as far as I'm concerned. The noise would be Tyree Kill's one catch, given the 128 air yards. We all saw those deep shots that almost hit. Chargers, Eckler and, and Jackson, the split was 78-22%. to 22%. Uh, Eckler wasn't very effective, though. Jackson was, and he out-touched Eckler 4-3 on the game-winning drive. I kind of think this snapshot is probably noise, at least that near 80-20 split, because I, I feel like we might see a little bit more from Jackson and a little bit more of a committee next week. Rams, Jared Goff, single game average yards per attempt. Uh, he's been over 10 seven times this season and under 10 five times and that's a really high number so pretty impressive that he's been over 10 more often than under 10 this week 5.5 that was his season low it's noise he had one other similar game this year at denver in week six he rebounded to post ayas over nine for five straight games until this last week against detroit the one thing is worth noting though each of his four worst games have come on the road and la is in a tough matchup at chicago next week the Dolphins. Signal if Danny Amendola is out again. Devontae Parker, Kenny Stills, they're the main targets. Not that they have a ton of value, uh, but recently out of Bryce Butler, he was in there for 62% of the snaps. He was the third option. So they're, they're thin now, and there's some potential that the targets get concentrated a little more. Vikings, Dalvin Cook's four-week snap trend since returning is all over the place. 57%, 88%, 59%, now back up to 77%. Just jumping up and down from a barely barely elite of a committee to almost like dominant workhorse uh, snap shares. It's pretty noisy. It's also, uh, what also was noisy was his 10 targets, his eight receptions. And then on top of that volume, only 22 receiving yards, all of that. Both probably that, that elevated volume and the terrible efficiency, all pretty noisy. Patriots, Rex Burkhead was back, right? 23% snap share. Sonny Michelle still in his typical ball, ballpark at 41%. He had 18 touches, but Burkhead seeing nine touches in his return, not really great for Sonny Michelle. The Saints, another noise team that had a really down week 13, a season low in total yards here, 176. Their previous season low was 270, so nearly 100 yards below their season low. That's all noisy. The signal for me, though, is Mark Mark Ingram continues to be his receiving rules not really there compared to last year. Last year, 3.6 receptions per game. This year, 1.9. The Giants, not really catching anyone by surprise with this signal, but I'm just amazed by Saquon's workload. 20-plus touches in seven straight games across all scripts. They've won three games. He has 20-plus carries in all three of those wins. They've lost four. He has seven-plus reception receptions in all four of those losses. He's averaging 139 total yards per game in that seven-game stretch. He's an obvious stud. I'm going to lump the Jets and the Raiders together here with the next team. Chris Herndon, Jared Cook. I don't like talking about these teams. Chris Herndon, Jared Cook, both had top five weighted opportunity ratings among all the tight ends, just behind Kelsey, Ebron, and Hurts. Those guys are at least mildly interesting for some really bad offenses. The Eagles, Golden Tate. 
Extremely efficient, saw just six targets though at a 4.5 A dot, uh, plus a two point conversion, also another target there. Um, but they're spreading the ball around. This was a higher volume game as well. We saw 20 carries from Josh Adams, but I don't think necessarily that Alshon Jeffrey's dead, but it is very concerning. Uh, the signal here is that he's fourth on the team in weighted opportunity rating since Tate was acquired behind Aguilar. And we also know that Jordan Matthews and Dallas Goddard behind him are still involved. So not a great look. Tough guy to trust right now. Pittsburgh Steelers. They had they ran just two snaps after James Conner's injury. They both were receptions for Jalen Samuels, including a TD. Samuels played an H-back role in college. He had more career receptions than rush attempts. Uh, as far as I can tell, Stephen Ridley's been active in recent games, but hasn't been playing a snap at all, and he doesn't play on special teams, so it's kind of hard to tell, but he's not on any inactive lists. Uh, since week 10 was the last time he touched the ball. It was a blowout win uh, where Connor was banged up, played just 40% of the snaps, and that's probably our best proxy uh, for what we might expect. Ridley rushed eight times in that game. He had one uncaught target in that game. Meanwhile, Samuels played more snaps, but he rushed just five times compared to Ridley's eight. He did get four targets, and he caught three of those and, and had a receiving touchdown in that game as well. Samuels will be a fine play. Ridley might also play the blunt role, though. That's kind of the signal here. My expectation as a team is also going to throw more, if at all necessary. Uh, it might not be in Oakland. The Seahawks, uh, through 17 passes, 29 runs. Rashad Penny played a couple more snaps than Mike Davis. That's all I really got for a signal for the Seahawks. I hate their offense. San Francisco 49ers, Nick Mullins threw for 400 yards at a 4.21 average depth of target. He threw just three passes further than 15 yards downfield out of 48 throws. I don't know how you throw for 400 yards throwing three passes further than 15 yards downfield, but I'm just, the, the signal here is don't, or that's noise. The, the signal would be the A dot, the, the check down A dot. The running backs combined for 124 receiving yards. 117 of those were after the catch. Dante Pettis had a very strong game, but more than half of his yards came after the catch, which is a pretty noisy stat. It's a testament to Kyle Shanahan probably that this offense keeps doing this, though. Obviously, George Kittle has racked up a ton of yards after the catch, but I'm not really buying into Nick Mullins or the passing game too much. Over to the Bucks, Passing game was condensed down to like the four main targets this week. Chris Godwin is now at 9.8 yards per target for his career on 122 targets across his age 21, age 22 seasons. Kind of a step back there. This guy's really, really good. He's always pr- produced when playing elevated snaps. It's going to be a stud whenever the opportunity's there. That's the big signal there. The Titans, Taewon Taylor returned. Uh, didn't play a huge snap share, but he returned to 157 air yards on five targets and averaged up the target over 30. There's definitely a signal there, but for me, this Titans offense is very Jekyll and Hyde. It's really hard to trust. I mean, these guys... Late an egg, the entire first half, they scored with under a minute in the first half. They had 13 points heading into the fourth, and then they doubled that with a big fourth quarter. Tough team for me to trust. Last team is Washington. Chris Thompson came back. 64% snap share in negative script. Adrian Peterson played just 16 snaps. We know we had the 90-yard touchdown run. Um, Thompson tied for the league, league team lead with five targets, and, and Washington gets the Giants next week. Adrian Peterson definitely carved them up last time they played, but, man, he's as script-dependent as ever with Chris Thompson back. That's all I got for this week. Good luck in the fantasy playoffs, and thanks for watching.